1: Welcome, welcome. You are listening to Red Sea Radio. This is your host for the day, Pam Marvin, but uh, but today I'm handing over the reins to... Thaddeus, Thaddeus, welcome. Hey, good morning, Pam. How are you? Thanks
0: for letting me be on with you this morning. Uh, It's exciting. It
1: is very exciting. Um, We have a very special guest on today that Thaddeus has rounded up for us, no pun intended, pun intended, (laughs) (laughs) to have um, Father Timothy Gallagher. I've been a big fan of his for quite some time, ever since I originally read um, Discernment of Spirits. Mm -hmm. really had a profound impact on my personal spiritual life. So when you mentioned that... uh, this new book was coming out and that you wanted to come on the show. I thought, ah, oh, this is amazing. and Yeah.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to, to share this time with you and, and to talk to father Timothy about his new book. It's a layman's guide to the liturgy, of the hours, how the prayers of the church can change your life. I, I saw an ad for it on um, national Catholic register several months ago. And the cover um, that it had a, it was a graphic that had, had the cover of the book really caught my eye and it's just it's a very nicely produced book it's a very small book um and you can get it from uh, EWTN publishing EWTN religious catalog it's also available on Amazon you can get it in uh paperback and Kindle mm. but um Pam and I worked through it uh, the last you know several weeks or so and I'm really excited about it because the liturgy of the hours is something that um, we've been doing in our family for mm. a, about ten years, let's say. Wow, maybe really? a little bit before our first child was born. But it's something we do as a family, and what we really like to do is night prayer. Mm. Um, we don't, we don't do, we don't hardly ever do morning prayer together or or evening prayer. Mm-hmm. We love to do night prayer together as a family, and That's and we'll beautiful. get Father Father Timothy to talk about. What it is we're talking about, because <laughs> a lot of people right. may not really know very much about no. what the liturgy of the hours is,
1: right? Um, and
0: so that's what—that's one of the things that we're going to try to to do this morning is have him um, shed some light on it and make it help people maybe not be so. Um, I wouldn't. I don't think intimidated is too strong of a word, but maybe just wary of you know it
1: seems overwhelming i mean as, in, as a convert right? i don't know that much about it i've been present when yeah. they did the morning uh, the morning prayers at mm-hmm. st thomas aquinas years mm-hmm. ago that was mm-hmm. a very regular thing mm-hmm. uh, but i'm very unfamiliar but it did look overwhelming to yeah. me um so i haven't really been drawn like you are but since you're interested in i think he's pretty awesome folks so i'm like going to follow his and robin's lead because i think they're um Thanks. Yeah, I'm a fan. Just say that. But
0: let's first of all say welcome to all of our listeners. Our listeners here at 88.5 FM KEDC in Bryan College Station. Our listeners at 107.9 FM Palestine. You see how I got you in there, Palestine? I moved you up a little bit. Not always leaving you till the the last. And of course, last but not least, 98.3 FM KYAR in Waco Central Texas. All of you, all of you listeners... Please call in this morning, 855-683-7332-85, Love Red Sea, to talk with Father Timothy Gallagher about the Liturgy of the Hours and about any questions you have on right. prayer, uh, the spiritual life. He is willing to take all questions that, that come in, not just specifically about the Liturgy of the Hours, but we, wanna, we do want to give at least the first kind of part of the show to talking about the book specifically, and then depending on what kind of call demand we have will we'll get some people in
1: right Right, hey, I'm excited that good news was about uh, Ablaze Ministries uh, going to, going to work there with Father Ryan now in in Waco. Hey, so yeah. I feel like awesome. this little Bryan College Station, in the Brazos Valley, is just like really growing. So we're gonna have a great youth minister and, over there. Working and what with a him.
0: wonderful that's a that's a really nice connection between the two the two cities. Absolutely, the two Catholic communities in those two places. That's that's really great. So I think I'm being told that we do now have the one the only, <laughs> Father Timothy Gallagher on the line. Good morning, Father. Good
2: morning. Glad to be here.
0: Thank you for joining us, Father Timothy. Now, you said that you're um, you're on retreat, so you're giving us some time from a retreat that you're on?
2: This is not a retreat, although it's quite similar. I'm, uh, this is a program run by the Institute for Priestly Formation, which is dedicated to fostering the spiritual training of future diocesan priests and doing marvelous work has really trained thousands in this way. We have 180 seminarians here for a nine-week program of intensive training in the spiritual life, and I'm Doing some of the teaching and the spiritual direction in that program, so that's the setting. So it's it's like we're half on retreat the whole time here. It's really a beautiful setting.
0: Okay, um, before we go further, this again, this is our guest is Father Timothy Gallagher of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. He's a priest, a spiritual director, retreat director, a formator, and he's an author of ten books. And he is currently the Saint Ignatius Chair for Spiritual Formation at Saint John Vianney. Theological Seminary in Denver, Colorado, mm. my hometown. Um, mm. That's a real, real neat connection for me uh, with you, mm. Father. Um, you're you're probably best known to our listeners here in Bryan College Station for your retreats, your lectures on Ignatian spirituality. Pam mentioned discernment of spirits. You gave a retreat here to uh, great attendance in February at St. Thomas Aquinas in College Station. So. We're happy to have you back on the air. Thanks for being with us.
2: Well, that was a wonderful experience. And I know, uh, Thaddeus, you and I spoke, I think, on the radio. We did. Uh, leading up to that. And uh, just being there in the parish, I was really impressed by the energy. As you say, we had a great, um, a, a lot of people there for it and uh, so receptive. So that was just a thoroughly wonderful experience being there.
0: Well, we've got you on this morning to talk about your new book from EWTM Publishing, A Layman's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours, How the Prayers of the Church Can Change Your Life. Um, I think let's start at the most basic level, Father. What is the Liturgy of the Hours? What are the hours in question? What are we talking about here?
2: Well, let's um, do that right from the title that you've named, uh, Liturgy of the Hours.
0: The Church has
2: used other titles for this over the years. The most common would be the divine office, which means the sacred duty or the holy task of periodic return to God in prayer through the hours of the day. But the Church, uh, as it continues to use that title, but actually gives preference to this title, the Liturgy of the Hours. So both parts of that title are important. This is a liturgical prayer, this, a, a liturgy, which means that this prayer is something that the church gives us. It's formal, official, public prayer of the church. It's the same for all throughout the church. So, for example, when we go to, um, to mass, uh, a baptism, a wedding, an ordination, you see the sacrament of confession. These are all sacramental liturgical prayers the church gives us the format and the church has this other kind of liturgical prayer which is specific in the, in that it is a liturgical prayer of the hours that is of the hours of the day now the word hours there does not mean that each time you pray it it takes an hour the, the hour there refers to cosmic time as it unfolds through the day mm. so there are specific times there is a morning prayer for the morning There is a prayer that's called daytime prayer in the midst, brief prayer in the midst of the activity of the day, evening prayer, and then night prayer to close the day with the Lord, and then another um, hour or another time of prayer that is more meditative called the office of readings, and that can be done at any time in the course of the day. So from the title, that's what we're speaking about. In terms of the content, it is essentially composed, primarily composed of Psalms which are prayed, there are 150 of them in the Old Testament. And in this prayer of the Liturgy of the Hours, they are prayed over a course of a four-week repeating cycle. There are also hymns and um, short readings from Scripture and intercessory prayers added as well. So that you have for the morning, if you pray the, the full version, you might spend um, maybe eight to ten minutes praying with the Church in the Liturgy of the Hours to begin your day. You might pause for three or four minutes in the mid part of the day for daytime prayer. That short pause can make a real difference, you know. And then uh, in the evening, again, maybe something like eight to ten minutes. And then night prayer might be, again, about five minutes before retiring. So that the whole day really is blessed with periodic returns to prayer. Now, the person who prays the Liturgy of the Hours need not pray all of those different times. You know, the person is free to choose one or another as seems best for the person.
0: So um, that was a very excellent introduction, Father. Uh, and again, we're talking with Father Timothy Gallagher here about his new book, A Layman's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours, and please call in 85 love red sea 8556837332 we will get you in the queue to ask a question of Father Gallagher here in a little while. Um, Father, why... Where did the Liturgy of the Hours come from, and, and why is it important for Catholics to, to know kind of what an ancient practice they're participating in? That's, that's something that you draw out in this book.
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So the remote origins of the Liturgy of the Hours uh, is in the book of the Psalms in the Old Testament. These 150 prayers that people have loved, because they really express everything that the human heart needs to say to God. There are psalms for times of uh, trial and suffering, even anguish, discouragement. There are psalms for times when our hearts are filled with joy and gratitude to the Lord, psalms of supplication, uh, psalms simply of praise, psalms of gratitude and thanksgiving. Really, uh, as some of the church fathers like St. Ambrose have said, that anything that the human heart needs to express to God is there in the psalms. And so for that reason, people have loved them. Of course, they're unique in that they are part of scripture. This is part of God's word. These are not composed even by, like other prayers, you know, by very holy figures Mm -hmm. subsequently in the tradition of the church, but this is the word of God itself. And the Jews regularly prayed these psalms uh, in the Old Testament. With the coming of Jesus, these psalms now are raised to a whole new level. Jesus knew the psalms, uh, he prayed the psalms, for example, when on the cross, he cries out, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? He's quoting the first line of Psalm 22. Um, and we have other points in the gospel where we see Jesus citing and, uh, and using the Psalms. Now, you know, uh, uh, Thaddeus, yes. that in a sense already concludes the issue because <laughs> Jesus is our model in everything.
0: Right, right.
2: And Jesus, including prayer, and Jesus prayed the Psalms. How could we not want to pray as Jesus prayed? Right. Now, once the uh, Christians were, with the Peace of Constantine in the 4th century, were free to build churches and gather in public, a practice rapidly began, and it's testified to in various places around the Mediterranean basin. The uh, Christians would gather in the church in the morning before the day's work, and if there was a bishop, the bishop would lead, if not a priest. They would sing a hymn, and then they would uh, chant or recite psalms together. And they were the same psalms every day Mm. so that the people could learn them by heart. And then there would be uh, a brief homily by the priest, intercessory prayers, and the people would go off then to their activity and return in the evening for a similar kind of prayer. So this was the origin of what we know today as morning prayer and evening prayer. With the rise of the monasteries, what happened was that this Prayer of the Hours largely, not exclusively, because it never left the lay vocation entirely, but it passed largely into the monasteries, where they added other hours. Hours, they would rise in the middle of the night to pray in the very early morning and so on, which they could do because of the structured life in the monasteries. Sure, sure. Um, Now, that's the reason why we tend to think of the Liturgy of the Hours as a prayer for priests and monks and and, uh, religious women, and and we need to reverence that in one sense, because for the next 1,500 years, largely it was prayed in those vocations. The practice of Sunday vespers in parishes never entirely disappeared. In fact, that's something that the Council uh, warmly invites parishes to renew. Mm. But largely it passed into those vocations until the Second Vatican Council, which uh, quietly but warmly, invited lay people to know that this was a prayer for them as well.
0: So, Father, priest- excuse me. So what you're saying is that the, the perception that the Liturgy of the Hours is something for priests, religious, um, the consecrated, that's more of a historical development rather than necessarily something doctrinal, correct?
2: Absolutely. It's a, that's a good way of saying it. So when people... Think or say, and again, let's reverence it. Well, that's a beautiful prayer. Uh, I don't know much about it, but but it's a prayer that priests say. You know, I remember as I was growing up in our parish, I would see our pastor praying the office, the Divine Office, or the Liturgy of the Hours from time to time, and always respected that. But it never remotely crossed my mind that you know I might also pray it. We had other kinds of prayers, you know, that we said Mass and the Rosary and, and and other things. Well. The answer to this is on the doctrinal level that, yes, this is a prayer for priests, but we're all priests. There is not only the ministerial priesthood, which is given through the sacrament of holy orders, but there is also the priesthood of the faithful in which all share through the sacrament of baptism so that it's our baptism that opens the door to the prayer of the liturgy of the hours for all of us. As um, men and women who share the priesthood of the faithful, we are invited to make of our lives a living sacrifice to God, to use the biblical words. And a part of that is this sacrifice of praise, as scripture calls it, which is the prayer of the Psalms or the liturgy of the hours. So what we've seen is that uh, and in the book, I go through all of this. You have the quotes from the council, the catechism of the Catholic church and the subsequent popes who have continued this quiet, but warm invitation to lay people to consider bringing parts of the liturgy of the hours into their lives.
0: Okay, so now, better. Father, I think that's a good place to pause because, mm-hmm. actually, we do have a caller, Kyleen, and she actually wants to know um, what are some better ways to—what uh, are some easier ways to to pray the liturgy of the hours? So here is Kyleen. Welcome. Hi. Hi, Kyleen.
3: So I, well, I've i got a couple of different questions. One, I work full-time. I'm a wife. I'm a mom to two young kids. And so I'm wondering, how do I incorporate this into our lives? And do they have to be prayed at the exact time, like 8 a.m.? Because I'm usually teaching a class at 8 a.m., and so that typically isn't going to work for me. Um, my second question that I have that goes along with it is that I just find it very confusing with the different prayers saying... Um, if you, didn't, if you prayed at this hour, then you don't need to say these prayers, or you should say these other psalms instead. And I just find the whole process very confusing.
2: <laughs> sure. Those are great questions. Let me uh, preface the answer simply by saying that um, St. Paul VI in 1974 gave us a document on Mary. It was on uh, devotion to Mary in the post-conciliar church, Marialis Cultus, in which he said something that caught my attention then and remains— And that is that uh, after the rosary, which he speaks of with great uh, reverence and high esteem as a family prayer, the Pope goes on to say that, that the high point of prayer that the family can reach is praying parts of the Liturgy of the Hours. Now, that's remarkable. That's important. You know, if we want our families to be close to the Lord, our marriages and our families, here is the Church saying that parts of the Liturgy of the Hours incorporated into the family life is the high point that prayer can reach and therefore the most efficacious and powerful prayer within the family. All right, having said that, so now, uh, Kyleen, you've asked some practical questions. Does morning prayer, for example, need to be prayed at eight o'clock every morning? No, it can be prayed any time in the morning, um, very early, just whenever, whenever it fits. There's no set time for it. Morning prayer simply means that it would be somewhere toward the beginning of the day And it would be somewhere in the beginning of our life of prayer for that day. Six o'clock, five o'clock, six o'clock, seven, eight, nine, whatever works, all of that is fine. Now, as regards how to start, I'll just make a couple suggestions on this. One a very rich way to start would be to subscribe, for example, to the monthly Magnificat publication, which gives you for every day the readings for the Mass of the day, which is nice if you can't get to daily Mass. But it also gives you a shortened form of morning prayer, evening prayer, and night prayer. It's shortened. uh, Instead of the three psalms of the full morning prayer, you have one, for example. And it doesn't take too long to pray. It's all laid out for you. There are no ribbons. It's a very easy way to begin praying the Liturgy of the Hours. And I know many husbands and wives and families who have been doing this for many years with Magnificat. There is also a Magnificat app, so you can pray this on your phone or, or tablet or computer uh, if you choose that as well. So that's one consi- one uh, suggestion I would make. The second is that uh, one of the wonderful things with all the problems that the digital world is, is causing today, it does bring some wonderful, wonderful things. And one of them is that the Liturgy of the Hours is now available on a number of different apps so that you can read it uh, for example, on your phone or, or tablet, but you can also listen to it. Some of the tabs, some of the apps have audio. And uh, let's say, for example, if there was no other way to pray it, you just listen to it as you're um, commuting to work, for example, or uh, sitting in the car waiting to pick up the children after school, uh, or while you're exercising, and so forth. So part of the reason why the Liturgy of the Hours is expanding today amongst laypeople is that it is so accessible now in so many ways, and that's a wonderful thing. So I hope, Kyleen, that's at least a some suggestion. And then what will happen is as you do these, if you pray it in these ways, you'll find that um, you get more and more familiar with it, and the confusion will subside when you want to use the uh, the full book, let's say, with the various ribbons and so
0: on.
3: Great. Thank you very much.
0: All right, mm-hmm. Father Timothy, we are, we are talking with Father Timothy Gallagher about his book, A Layman's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours. We've got somebody else on the line, but we're going to go to a quick break real quick and come back with more. Thank you so much. Okay, welcome back. This is your co-host for today, General Manager Thaddeus Romansky. I'm here with the lovely Pam Marvin. Uh, We are talking with the uh, author of Layman's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours, Father Timothy Gallagher, uh, who was here for a retreat in February on Discernment of Spirits. We're talking today about the Liturgy of the Hours. If you have questions about what are the Liturgy of the Hours? How to pray them better? Or you want to talk about Ignatian spirituality, prayer in general? Call 85 love red C 855 683 7332 Father Timothy, let's get right back to the phones. We've got another caller, Trey from College Station. Go ahead.
2: Uh, yes, Father, good morning. Uh, I had a question
3: regarding the hymns in the morning, uh, on the morning prayer. Is, is that a must? Um, some Maybe some are musically challenged to to maybe sing the hymns,
2: and and that's been kind of intimidating. So, I just wanted to see your insights or your your
3: thoughts about that.
2: Mm -hmm. In individual recitation like that, or even in group recitation, the hymns can be either recited or sung. Of their nature, I suppose, hymns do call for singing, music and singing, but um, that's not always possible. And so, I'll just say, Trey, that uh, very often in my own individual recitation, I, I more often recite the hymns than actually sing them. Sometimes I might feel moved to do that. But uh, there's complete freedom on that. So, yes, absolutely, they can be recited and prayed in that way if that if that works better. Thank you. Sure. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay, Father Timothy, I have a question for you. Um, again, this is Pam talking to Father Timothy Gallagher on his book, Layman's, The Layman's, I don't have it in front of me.
0: Layman's Guide to the Liturgy of the Hours. Yes,
1: Layman's Guide to Liturgy and the subtitle, which I absolutely love, How the Prayers of the Church Can Change Your Life. Mm-hmm. So that is so beautiful. And I know you probably have that sub um, title for a reason. But I want to just tell you that I want to start this as a family, like bite off a little bit more and start to do this. What, what is your suggestion? What's a real nuts and bolts way of say, okay, this is really resonating with me today. I'm hearing this. I feel like the Holy Spirit's really calling me and my family or me as an individual to do this. Where do you start? Where, I mean, again, it can be kind of overwhelming when you look at it as a whole. So what, what is your suggestion on, on the place to start?
2: My most concrete suggestion would be the one that I mentioned earlier, and that would be to subscribe to Magnificat and uh, to begin by praying any one of the three times for prayer. I'll call them the hours in the sense that we said before, and that would be morning prayer, evening prayer, or night prayer. So that might look like this. Uh, And again, that resolves all the practical problems because it's all laid out for you. And following a suggestion that St. Paul VI made in the document I quoted earlier, the Magnificat has prepared a shortened form of these prayers, which makes them all the more um, accessible, even in a busy day. We're not talking about a lot of time. And finally, I would say if a person says, I had no time at all uh, for that, then could you listen to them from an app in the car? You know, as I said, as you're working or, you know, heading to work or going off shopping or, So my suggestion is to start small. Mm. I would never start by saying, all right, there are five times of prayer in this. So to begin this, I need to commit to all five. I would say start with one and start with the shortened form. And I would say Magnificat in either hard copy or digital is probably the easiest way to begin this. Father, honestly,
1: I'm sorry to interrupt. Honestly, one of the things that I've subscribed to the Magnificat for countless 10 plus years, but I had no idea that the morning prayers were the liturgy of the hour. So that's kind of a new information for me. I mean, like I did not even know that. So I've had it right here at my fingertips all this time. I'm doing some of it and wasn't even aware. So, you know, there was one other thing in here that I, that, as um, your intro was going, and you were starting to speak about it, that it was a really beautiful piece. You know, as a convert, the universality of the Catholic Church has always been something that I've been like just madly and f- madly in love with. And so, as you were talking about us saying this throughout the world, like really covering the globe at these certain hours, these certain times, um, covering our Earth, really, you know, because we are the human family. Um, in this prayer, to me, it was just like. Whoa, just like really expanded because the mass around the world, that's so amazing to me. But then you, you're talking about just this constant prayer covering our entire world of our love of Jesus. and And I just really heard that that I've never really seen before as you were talking about the universality of it. So I want to thank you for doing this book. I can really kind of get a, a better feel for now um, and how it can change your life. And, and when you said change your life, I, I, I don't know. There's something to me says you kind of maybe have some stories about how you've seen people's lives change as they began to do this. Am I right on that or?
2: Well, I'll just cite one. I think this is in the book. This was a man who is a, a lawyer And uh, very much a take charge kind of person. Uh, Of course, his profession kind of built that into him as well and successful, doing well. And then uh, was working on the house on a ladder and fell and uh, was incapacitated for a number of months, which was very difficult for him. And just homebound, uh, unable to do much and very discouraged by all of this. Uh, A priest who was a friend of his stopped by and said, here's something I think that would be good for you. And he handed him the liturgy of the hours and uh, somewhat reluctantly, but there he was, uh, he began to pray it then. And it did change his life. And he has been praying it for many years now, ever since. And there are many stories like that, where this, you know, let me just share one small thing that uh, my mom did that we're all really grateful for in our family now that we're, you know, all in adult age. During Advent, she would put the Advent wreath on the table during supper, light the appropriate number of candles, and then from the Mass for the Sunday, whatever Sunday of Advent it was that week, would read just the opening prayer, or the collect as it's called now. And I've, my, my brother's insistence and I, we've never forgotten that. I still remember some of those words, stir up, O Lord, your power and come. What he was doing there was linking us to the prayer of the church. Pam, as you're saying, you know, we're, we're linked in a small way, to, but a very beautiful way to the universal prayer of the church mm-hmm. throughout the world. Now, what if you expand that to not just one little prayer from the mass, but to morning prayer? Or let's say the family, husband and wife, and if the children are still at home, instead of just getting up at the end of uh, of supper, they stay for another five or six minutes and pray the shortened form of Evening prayer from the Magnificat together. What will happen? That prayer will bless the family again, the high point that family prayer can reach, and we so much need that today in our families. But it will also create a da- a daily reinforced bond with the church, which is another mm-hmm. very necessary thing today and in the times in which we live, because we have the we have the awareness that we are part of the entire church at prayer. Now I could go on and on about this, but. You're absolutely right, Pam. This this prayer is so central because it is the prayer of the church. That's what liturgy means. And it brings its special blessing.
1: Mm. That is. Um, again, I'm always just so struck by the beauty and wonder that is our Catholic Church. And this prayer is like, now, how can I not do it? Is what I think. How can right. I not do it?
0: And, and as we go on here, again, we're talking with Father Timothy Gallagher, the author of uh, 10 books, but we're speaking today about his newest. A layman's guide to the liturgy of the hours. Please call in 85 Love Red c 855-683-7332 to ask your question about praying the Divine Office or anything else concerning the spiritual life concerning prayer in general. Father Timothy, you make a big point in this in this book about the Liturgy of the Hours being a prayer of praise. You you come mm. back to that phrase repeatedly, and you, you mention that it's something that you didn't always appreciate, and it developed in you. What are you getting at yeah. there? Yes, I tended to think
2: of prayer of praise as the kind of thing that you would do, let's say, in praise and worship music or settings that were somewhat charismatic or of the movement of the renewal. Mm -hmm. And I reverenced it and respected it, but it didn't feel like the habitual style of prayer in which I I was most at home. Uh, And then I began to realize as I got, you know, looking more deeply into the liturgy of the hours, I wish I had done this 40 years earlier, but a few years back that what praise really means um, is it's a loving and warm awareness of the heart expressed in, in words in the heart or exterior words or in song through a psalm, in whatever way we do it, of the fact that if I have life, it's because God has loved me from eternity and created me and brought me into being. And not only. Yeah, what I'm if really. I have hope.
1: I'm hmm? sorry, what I'm really hearing is that just that. Which I felt in my own life is that really depth of gratitude, that kind of praise is the gratitude of just, you know, the created back to the creator of for the goodness that is his life.
2: Yes. And for not only for creation, but also for redemption, that when humanity strayed from God at the price of his own life, God's son gave his life that we might have eternal life. So we we have been we we believe these truths, that we are created out of love, from eternity by God, and we have been saved um, by love, the love of the redeemer. But what can happen, I think, is that we can often just not advert too consciously to these truths as we go through the days and weeks. Praise changes all of that because what it is, it's the heart's awareness that we have been so incredibly loved. The gratitude pen that you spoke of, and then there's the need to express it. Someone does something um, a great favor for you. you. Your heart is filled with gratitude, and you need to express it. You need to say it or show it in some way, and that's the dynamic of praise. Once I realized this, I realized that I, I needed help. How, how do I live like this? You know, St. <laughs> Ignatius of, Lo- of of Loyola actually, when he gives the what he calls the foundation of our lives, says that. We are created to praise, reverence, and serve God our Lord, and by this means to save our souls. And the first thing he mentions is praise. If this kind of joyful, reverent uh, expression of the heart of gratitude to the Creator and the Redeemer is the fundamental purpose for which we're put into this world, well, then we want to do it. And then I'll quote St. Augustine, who says that we wouldn't have known how to praise God, and I think that's true for most of us. Well, how do I do this? So God gave us the words, and that's the 150 Psalms. Mm. Um, And that's the Liturgy of the Hours then. So that if we pray the Liturgy of the Hours, this gets built into every day, just the lifting up of our hearts in gratitude and praise and thanksgiving to God. I'll quote one more saint, and (laughs) I'll be quiet here. (laughs) St. Therese once said to her older sister, Celine, who was with her in the monastery and who was discouraged at the moment, she said, just try lifting your heart in gratitude to God and you will see there is nothing more than gratitude that causes us to grow in the love of God. Well, that's Mm -hmm. the liturgy of the hours every day.
0: Mm -hmm. Again, this is father Timothy Gallagher. Um, Please call in 85 love red sea. If you'd like to ask your question, we're talking about the liturgy of the hours, the the universal prayer of the church. Um, Father, I want to return back to the uh the antiquity of the liturgy of the hours for just a minute. Um I was struck by the fact that you, you mentioned in there that even in the Acts of the Apostles, there are there are a couple of verses where it says that um I think maybe Peter and John went they were on their way to go pray at the the three o'clock hour, or they were going to they performed some miracle at this hour when they were getting ready to pray, and that that that's that's the liturgy of the hours right there in in kernel form as as the Jews practiced it that was just um remarkable to me that it's scripturally yeah. based
2: oh absolutely practice yes, you see them with those the third hour the sixth hour, the ninth hour, and so on, and those do indicate that The Church, from its very beginnings, had regular times, or hours, in the sense that we're using that word, in which there were returns to prayer. So yes, you're looking very much at the um, origins of the Liturgy of the Hours within Christianity, certainly.
0: Okay, we've got another caller for you, Father. This is from, um, I think it's Robin in Bryan. Hello? Yes, go ahead. Hi, Robin.
3: Okay, Hi, hi Father Timothy. This is Robin.
0: Actually, hi Robin. Thaddeus'
3: wife. Um, oh, hi, babe. I'm calling <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling in with a question, a kind of a practical question about praying the Psalms. Um, you Thaddeus, well, I didn't get to read your book, but I saw him with it, you know, the last few weeks and and he has spoken with me about it a little bit.
0: Thank you was, for verifying that I, I wrote attack. I read the book, baby. I appreciate that.
3: You did and you took great notes. Um, so I'm looking forward to reading it next. But in terms of praying the Psalms, Father Timothy, I wonder if you could elaborate on how, practically speaking, we can personalize that prayer. And I, be- I believe you mentioned you have a couple um, suggestions in the book, and one is praying the Psalms with Christ, and another is like praying them for yourself. Um, but a way that we can make that gratitude through that prayer um, meaningful.
2: Yes, that's another great question. So a psalm can be prayed on one or more of three levels, and we each of us has the freedom to pray it on the level that uh, most uh, inspires him or her on a given day. Let's take in the book. I take the example of Psalm 57, which is a prayer, a a cry to God for help in a time of great oppression and struggle when a person is being oppressed by enemies, and then uh, a joyful cry at the end of the psalm with the certitude that that prayer has been heard. So we could pray that Psalm. Uh, St. Augustine says this Psalm expresses the heart of Christ in his passion. This is one level, as you just said, Robin, in which we can pray the Psalm. The Psalms, they were Christ's prayer too, are ways to enter into the heart of Christ and share something of the sentiments that filled his own heart. So the Psalms prayed this way can bring us close to Jesus. And in this particular case, case to Jesus in the suffering of his passion and trusting his life to his Father in suffering, but with great confidence that he'll be heard. The psalm can also be prayed, and this links with what you said earlier, Pam, about the universality of the prayer. Uh, let's say that um, as I'm praying that Psalm 57 this morning, maybe my heart is really filled with joy. Something wonderful has happened, you know. Um, uh, uh, let's say a son or a daughter in college got through something well and that lifts a burden from a mother's heart or, or a father's heart. And so there's a gratitude in my heart. And here is the psalm about suffering. So it's not going to express my own sentiments, but there are many people who are living that exact situation. I could pray it for Christians who are undergoing persecution in different places in the world, for family members who are suffering in various ways for the needs of the church um, locally or in the country or in the world. So this is a second level. The psalm can be prayed as a sharing in and expressing the particular need of people in the church in the world that is voiced in that psalm. And then thirdly, the psalm can be prayed on a personal level. Let's say I'm gonna have a doctor's appointment today and maybe I'm gonna get the results of a biopsy and, and, and I'm worried as the day begins, I can pray that psalm asking for the Lord's help in this time of trial uh, as the day begins. So those are the three levels. Uh, Christ on the level of Jesus himself, for the needs of others, and then personally in my own life. It's a very rich uh,
0: approach to the Psalms. Robin, a, you, fo- a follow-up Johnson. question? Anything else?
3: I do have another question if there's time.
0: There, There is. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay, I have a. I'm. I am in the car on the way to pick up children from Vacation Bible School, and I have a two-year-old who wants to talk about fire trucks. So I'm sorry if you get some feedback, but I am. The other question I have is, you know, less, um, maybe less specific, but I think also important as we look at for our family, um, praying the liturgy of the hours, even more. We have had much many graces. Come from praying night prayer together, um, but I wonder what is the reverence of our family of our like disposition of our bodies How should it be when we're praying those prayers? can it you know is it more of a formal like attending mass, or is it something that we can have you know make more informal because I'm looking at it thinking, can I do you know Muffins and morning prayer before we start homeschool. Or, <laughs> you know, is there some some ways I can apply it, or is that um, not maintaining the reverence of this universal prayer that it should, you know, maintain or or entail?
2: Sure. Now, when the Church talks about praying the Liturgy of the Hours in the family, um, this is Pope Benedict the Sixteenth that we pray it according to the circumstances of the family so that might mean spilt milk and it could mean <laughs> okay. all, all all sorts of things and that's a lovely thing um so with great freedom obviously you know it'll it's different if we have a retired couple praying at the end of supper and or if we have a family with several young children and all of that is lovely it's like you know when i'm celebrating mass in a parish and uh children start you know babies start crying and so on I really love it because they're there. You know, the the family wanted to bring them there. So uh, absolutely, you know, Jesus says, let the children come to me and let them come. All of that is wonderful training for the children uh, and beautiful prayer.
3: Okay, thank you so much.
0: I'm looking forward to those muffins and morning prayer, babe.
3: (laughs) All right. (laughs) Let's do it. I can start that. All right. Thank you, Father Timothy. Bye-bye.
0: You're very welcome. And Father, you may remember and I wanna wanna brag off on Father Timothy a little bit, when we talked in, in February, our interview, it was actually I think February twelfth or, or maybe Valentine's Day and you you recorded a special blessing for my wife that I gave to her as her Valentine's present, Father. So that was just so uh so gracious of you that you you complied with my request. Thank mm-hmm. you. So that was her. Very happy to do that. You got a mm-hmm. chance to talk to her. Um we're talking with Father Timothy Gallagher, um, author of the new book "A Layman's Guide to the Lit- to the Liturgy of the Hours." Call in eighty-five Love Red Sea eight five five six eight three seven three three two. We've got about twelve minutes left. We can still squeeze in a few phone calls. Um, Father, you've been talking with a lot of um, very, very religious callers, people who are actively um, pursuing uh, a prayer life this morning and uh, as i was reading your book i was thinking about you know how do, how does a how does someone a lay person how do we order um, the church's call for the liturgy of the hours by lay people with our ladies insistence from fatima to pray the rosary every day the instruction to read the scriptures from vatican council II, and then just other pious traditions that are out there, like the noontime angelus, for instance, or people who pray the Divine Mercy Chaplet at three. Where do we, where do we kind of find an order of, um, you know, what's what's the most important instruction to to follow or to make sure that we do, so that we give ourselves um, the best chance for for salvation? And and if I'm not couching things um, properly. You know, please correct me, but I'm really trying to speak from the heart, and I'm and and trying to give a question. I think that is probably on a lot of just ordinary people's minds.
2: It's a good one. So I would uh, suggest two words in reply to that: formation and then freedom. So the first thing is just to learn about these different forms of prayer. We all need to be taught how to pray. Um, I'm very grateful to those who, over the years, have taught me how to pray. Pray, and it's wonderful to in some way be passing on this. We we have this rich teaching on how to pray within the Catholic Church, and that is you've named a number of the different ways. So I think the starting point is just to know something about, let's say, the rosary. What is the rosary? How do we pray it? Um, There are real depths in it that the Church has described. The uh, Divine Mercy Chaplet is something that many people love. Where did it come from? What does it mean? How do we pray it? Uh, of course, the Liturgy of the Hours that we're talking about now, and so many other forms of prayer in this rich, varied tradition of prayer that we have within the Catholic Church. And then Mm -hmm. we have complete freedom. Uh, In our personal life of prayer, we are free to choose what is best, what is most helpful. I, I would suppose that the starting point, if it's possible, would be Mass during the week in addition to Sunday, if that's possible, or even a few days, if that's possible. The Mass is always the highest form of prayer, the mm-hmm. sacramental communion with the Lord that that we can receive there. But having said that, uh, amongst these other forms of prayer, the Rosary, the Liturgy of the Hours, um, Divine Mercy Chaplet, Lectio Divina, mm-hmm. Ignatian Meditation and Contemplation, the Examined Prayer, all these different ways of praying that we have Within the Catholic Church, each of us is free to choose those that he or she finds most helpful. Now, I would say that the liturgy of the hours that we're speaking about today um, has its own preeminence in a certain way, because it is liturgical prayer, you know, the universal prayer uh, of the church. But these are not either ors and nothing is exclusive about this. Uh, I think of my own parents who prayed the daily family rosary every day of their married life for almost 60 years. Mm -hmm. And I saw the fruits in them and in their children from that daily mass as well uh, was part of their life. So I, I think the need is to learn how to pray. Right. learn what, what is available, and then make personal choices with freedom.
1: Yeah, what I'm really hearing you say, um, Father Timothy, which is beautiful, is there's a certain type of in incrementalism, I think is what we're saying. I mean, I, I think of that in my own life as I, I started out with, you know, just reading uh, the readings of the day and slowly kept adding and adding more. Um, but also, uh, if you're listening, if you're a listener out there, and this is all kind of new to you, this is a beautiful place to start, is just with these Liturgy of the Hours, reading daily Scripture, um, just really incrementally, and if you're ready, and, and you have a very full prayer life already, that uh, let's put literally hours up there at the top of the list. Is which really, another thing I'm really hearing today, which I was unaware of, you know, um, about it being so liturgical as you're saying. So I really encourage our listeners that make room for it. Try just the morning or just the evening, whatever resonates with you, or the noon time. I, I have a lot of people that ask me, you know, I'd like to incorporate something during the day. So is there a noon time or um, one like that as well,
0: right? Let's we'll get to we'll get to Pam's uh, remark in a moment. Well, we do have one other caller, Father Timothy. I want to get um, Ann from College Station on the air. Go ahead, Ann.
4: Uh, happy Father, thank you so much for joining us here in the, the Brazos Valley again. You were terrific in February oh, uh, when you were here. Thank you.
2: Yeah, well, it's a great parish there.
4: It is, and I want to say thank you for making this so incredible. Um this year. I have. We have six grown children who are growing families and who aren't really as um, in touch with the joy of their Catholic faith in which they were raised. And over the course of the last few months, I've heard conversations with our kids about, oh, look at all the Hasidic Jews. They walk on Monday. Isn't that cool? Or, you know, or the Ramadan. They were all into that. Look at how the Muslims stop and pray. And I wanted to say thank you for this show because I'm going to share it with them. And try and reinforce that, wouldn't it be cool if the world said, oh, look at the Catholics, they just stopped and prayed during the day. And you've made it so approachable. I mean, I thought it was like an hour, when it was liturgy, the hours, I was like, oh my gosh, how can I give up an hour in the morning and an hour in the afternoon and, and go to Mass and say, the liturgy? And I mean, I still have a life to live, you know I mean? But sure. you've made it very <laughs> approachable and very real. And wouldn't it be great if the world would say, look at those Catholics stopping to pray in the middle of the day, the Mm -hmm. way they do the Muslims or whatever. So thank Mm -hmm. you for making it so real and approachable.
2: Oh, I'm so glad. Well, let um, let me make a proposal then to anyone who might be listening. I would invite anyone listening who may be having a thought about, is it possible that the liturgy of the hours could become part of my personal life for prayer or the prayer of husband and wife or of the family? I would invite you to subscribe to Magnificat, uh, whether in hard copy or digital form or both, and just choose whichever one you want, just one of the times of prayer, morning prayer or evening prayer. I'm going to focus for a moment, since we're speaking about a family, about the idea of husband and wife or parents and children spending those few minutes after supper to pray evening prayer from Magnificat form, uh, the shortened form of evening prayer. So, five to seven minutes. And we have about to three to affirm, minutes, Father.
0: Just so you know. Just so you. Right, know.
2: To try to do that for oh, I'd say two, three, four weeks. My wager is that you will not want to stop. When Lent and Advent come by, and you wonder what to do, consider this practice. And again, my wager will be that once that time is finished, you will want to continue because you will see the difference it makes.
4: I think that's a great idea, and, and honestly, if we start right now at an ordinary time, then it doesn't become a liturgical feast prayer, it becomes mm-hmm. an ordinary prayer. And isn't that, at the end of the day, what we're trying to affect here, is that give thanks and praise every day, let it be ordinary. So thank you. I have no other comments, but I'm so grateful for your hour this morning. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, Anne, and thank you for supporting Red Sea Catholic Radio.
4: Yeah. Welcome, Thaddeus. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Thanks.
1: And, and Father, I wanted to um, kind of mention again, there are other ways to have um, the liturgy hours at your fingertips that are very easy um, for our listeners. The free app on the Laudate is really how I found it uh, when I was struggling to find some night prayers, because I'm really pretty worn out at night and can't do much. Um, mm mm-hmm just from the heart type of prayer. And so I encourage people to look up Liturgy of the Hours on the Laudate app. Are there other ways too, Father, that we could do that that's really easy?
2: If if people want to read the Liturgy of the Hours, then I would recommend iBreviary. It's free and it's very well done, very easy to use. If people want to listen to the Liturgy of the Hours as it's prayed and join in that way, then I would recommend DivineOffice.org. And there is also Pray Station, that's P-R, Pray Station Portable, uh, in which you can also listen to it, though it's read a little more rapidly there.
0: Okay, now, so Father, are all
2: the options.
0: Uh, excuse me, we've got to hurry. We're going to get Mary in right here at the end. Mary, go ahead.
3: Hi, I just had one question. Um, so, you know, say you, you see, like, the beauty of the Liturgy of the Hours and you really want to incorporate into your family life. Um, What tips do you have for trying to lovingly invite maybe a spouse or children who might not be so on board with the idea?
0: Okay, about 30 seconds, Father. Yeah, keep it
2: short, keep it simple, and never press against resistance. Start personally, uh, and as the others see the fruits in you, they might get a little more interested, and
0: ask for God to make that happen in
2: prayer.
3: Beautiful. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you for calling, Mary. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, this uh, this show has really flown by. I can't thank. You. I want to thank our listeners for taking up the uh, invitation to call in and speak with Father Timothy Gallagher. And Father, I want to thank you for giving us some time from your formation with uh, the the priests there in Denver. Would you close out by giving us your priestly br- your pl- your priestly blessing, please?
2: Heavenly Father, we ask for your love and blessing poured out upon all of us who have shared this time together. Make fruitful what we have done. Mary, we ask for your love and blessing on all of our families and on each of us individually. And may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit descend upon you and remain with you
0: forever. Amen. 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 Father Timothy, thank you so much. Let's do this again sometime. Great. Sounds great. All right. Thank awesome. you very much, sir. All right, so you've been listening to Red Sea Catholic Radio's Red Sea Roundup. Remember, when choosing between the values of heaven and of earth, always round up. Oh, and uh, also, go out and love your neighbor.